I mean, it feels it feels good. It feels I think it feels it's really kind of like a ha ha because a lot of people, you know, have such a such a bad reputation sometimes. And people's like, you can't build something in southern West Virginia. It's a dying economy. It's a dying state. And that's so wrong. Welcome to Appalachian Startup, stories of new ideas that eventually became thriving businesses in areas that most would consider a bad investment. I'm J.D. Belcher, and I started this podcast because I took the same path as a lot of these folks. I'm a former coal miner, and now I make films through my own production company called JJN Multimedia. I wanted to hear others speak of their journey to not only give new beginners hope, but to help me grow as a fellow entrepreneur. It's all about Morgan Morrison and the Rock City Cake Company today. This business started in Logan, West Virginia, and soon gained enough traction to staff up and move to a larger location in Charleston, West Virginia. Courtney Marsh is co-owner as well for the company and can create some of the most mind-blowing cake designs your heart and mouth could desire. It is their current goal to turn Rock City Cake Company into one of the most premier music venues in West Virginia by now offering live local bands the chance to play there. The first show? sold out with over 350 folks in attendance. We talk sugar, spice, and zoning laws in this fun-filled edition of Appalachian Startup. Enjoy. Well, I've always had a love for food in general. Um, You know, while a lot of other kids were watching cartoons, I was watching the Food Network. Um, So, you know, I've always tried to bake pretty much my whole life. And then Falling into this where I met my business partner, Courtney, um, she was just so extremely talented. And I learned pretty much, don't tell her I said this, but I learned everything I know from her as far as specializing it and really owning it on the craft. Um, So for a long time, but I really got into it about five years ago when the business kind of took off. Where'd you meet Courtney? Um, Well, towards the beginning, Courtney had... She had went to culinary school. She'd been doing cakes out of, you know, for, for several years, almost 10 years. So she already had a huge following just from her cakes. And then, so while she kind of, her and a couple friends came up with the concept of Rock City Cake Company, I was kind of there from the beginning. And then about a year into it is where I really got involved and me and Courtney decided to continue our way with it. And it kind of grew from there. So when was the idea? What year was that when it um, the first. whole idea of Rock City came about in about 2013. Um, again, her and a couple friends were, you know, they were doing some cake pop orders and stuff because Courtney was doing it anyway. And, you know, uh, Daniel, one of her friends was like, man, this would be a good idea. Uh, so which is where they grew the concept, you know, of Rock City Cake Company. So it originally opened in um, August of 2013 in Logan County. Just a small brick and mortar shop. It's really crazy to look back now where it started because it was so tiny. Um, and then, yeah, it kind of took off from there. In Logan County, where at? Uh, it's right downtown on Stratton Street. It was actually the old city bakery building. So Awesome. Yeah. That's that's very cool. So um, when did you figure out that you had a talent for this? Like, have you always been into the arts? Did you Were you into other, you know, type of uh, mediums like paint, painting or anything like that? You know, I was always really into the music scene. And, you know, I played guitar and hung out with the artsy crowd, but I was always the one that wasn't quite, (laughs) quite the artist compared to most of my friends. Um, And then, but, you know, that's, I think, where me and Courtney kind of specialize in kind of being, you know, we balance each other out. She is so talented artistic wise, and I'm really good at baking. 
and, you know, mass production and throwing stuff into a bowl and being creative with it. So, you know, she has the pretty artistic side of it and I have the behind the scenes baking kind of part of it. Oh, that's great. So what all do you bake? Oh, everything. Uh, it's kind of the house rule. We never turn down an order. We we do whatever you want. Um, Of course, our main specialty is cake, anything cake. Uh, but we also do pastries, cookies, um, anything. Custom cakes? Like yeah. someone can get their birthday cake here? Yeah, we do. We do all kinds of custom cakes, anything from just a sheet cake to a 3D sculpted cake. I mean, we've done cakes that move, that sing. Wow. We try to do it all. Really? Oh, so is there any that come to mind that you remember like, whoa, that was pretty cool? <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. Yeah, we do. We have a couple of them. I think one of my personal favorites, even though it's not necessarily the biggest or the or the most elaborate one we've done, but we actually did one for Courtney Sunford's birthday, and it was just kind of a 3D sculpted monster. We made its eyeball spin around, and it had a moving eyeball, and that was pretty impressive. I oh, really wow. like that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what do you think, you know, how's it been here in Charleston since you opened your first store on, it was on Capitol Street too, Yeah, right? it was right down the street. It was 241. Um, you know, moving to Charleston initially, we were really scared. You know, the cost of living was higher. It was, it was a huge leap for us. It was kind of, you know, we're going to do this or we're going to sink, but we're going to give it our all. So we didn't really know what to expect. Um, we were just like every other person from Logan County. We came here to go to Krispy Kreme in the mall. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we weren't really familiar with the downtown scene or the community. Um, so moving here, it blew us away at how fast our following grew and how rapidly the community accepted us. And it was a huge leap, but it was definitely one that definitely took our company leaps and bounds. And we're super pumped that we made that decision. Right. So that first week you were open, uh, what did you start to see? Did it start to build right away or did it take well, a couple you know, weeks? Or? We, we, we hit a couple setbacks getting open, you know, with our oven. We were trying to move a 5,000 pound oven. We, you know, so our date kept getting pushed back. So when we finally got all the inspections approved, we were like, okay, we're going to open tomorrow. Let's do it. Um, so we didn't necessarily have a chance to really get the word out. So on our opening day, it was kind of just people walking by like, oh, what's this? This open sign's on. And then it was almost, I think it was probably about three days after our grand opening, um, the Gazette came and they wrote, you know, how they do when businesses open. They wrote a nice write-up on us. And it was like after that, it just exploded. And so when the Gazette posted that that day, we had a line around the block and it kind of didn't stop. <laughs> and so it just continued to grow from there. About the, about a weekend, we were going full force at it. And I think a lot of it helps too. Like the branding is done so well here. Like, did you have a part in that or how did you come up with the name Rock City Cake um, Company? As far as Rock City goes, it was one of the, it was when Courtney sat down and Daniel and Lori and they sat down and they talked about it. And I think it all just kind of goes with the concept. It was cool to add the city because uh, we were in the old city bakery building and then, you know, rock and roll and we, yeah, the, mu the music scene and everything. It just all kind of all kind of went together. And then over time, it's kind of turned into what it is. And it's pretty great. Right. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. A lot of people are kind of weary about starting businesses in rural communities in Appalachia. Of course, Charleston is one of the more metropolitan areas, but... Uh, do you feel like when a place like this opens that the community really grasps and holds on to it and appreciates it in a way? You know, um, I can only speak for our experiences. It, either the people, I know, I've seen a lot of really good businesses not make it. And I think it's just a matter of marketing or, you know, little things here. But 
over time, you know, it's a full it's a full time job. It's like a baby. And if you're willing to dedicate your life to it and create a brand, I think people jump all over it. I mean, you have I know in Charleston, you have several examples. You have us, you have Pies and Pines, you have Taylor Books, you have places like that who essentially are all small businesses and they have a packed out lobby every day because they've created a brand. The people love the environment there and they come there. And I think that's a huge part of it, too, is just creating a brand for yourself. You know, we're probably not the best bakery in the state of West Virginia. You know, there's a lot of really awesome, talented bakers, but people come here because not only do they love our sweets, but they they love our brand and they love the environment. When they come in here, they like to hang out. They know they get treated kindly. And I think it's all about, you know, creating that vibe for yourself. Right. It's the experience, too. Like, you know, you're real personable. I mean, this first time we met and come in and, and you just welcome me with open arms yeah sure sit down and record me talking for an hour <laughs> yeah. why not so so how did you you know is it natural to you to just be that welcoming or i mean I've, I've always naturally kind of been a people person um you know and then of course you're either an introvert or an extrovert i've always kind of been an extrovert but i mean i think if if you don't plan to be kind to people or plan to welcome people into your doors and be nice to them and set off that impression, then you probably shouldn't open a business because <laughs> people want that, you know? But no, I mean, it's not like a fake face I put on for people. I just, I like my job and I'm genuinely a pretty happy person. I can't complain about much. So, you know, sure. Welcome, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, and you was talking about, you know, the hard work if you put the work into it. In those early days, how many hours a week or uh, were you putting into the business and trying to cultivate it? Um, still to this day. I mean, we're about as well-oiled of a machine as you can get at this point. And, I mean, there's days where we don't go home for three days. Um, you know, I think I think you can run a business several different ways. And if you can get your business to the point to where you can go lay on a beach or take some days off and it still be successful, that's good. But me, I've always personally been hands-on. So, yeah, there are times I'm here... 20 hours a day and then I nap for four hours and I wake up and start over. Um, and I just think that's crucial. That's crucial in being here because even if you have the best employees in the world, you have to be hands on with your business because nobody's going to treat it like you will. Right. So uh, it's, it's very, it's, it's a huge part of me is just being very hands on with the business and dedicating it. You know, I've missed family outings. I've missed, I've missed special moments, personal moments because I've chose to be at work. And it's kind of a legacy that I, that we're building, so it's it's worth it. I feel like at the end of the day, right? And um, what was what did the staff look like on opening day? You know, you you were well, you were cooking the cakes and the cookies and stuff. I guess you had a decorator. Like, did you have a cashier or did you? Have I mean, as as far as like when we opened in Charleston goes, um, we had three people. Mm -hmm. I think it was three people. I mean, we worked all night getting the cases ready and then we opened the doors and said, hey, what's up when they came in? So, you know, now our staff has grown, but starting out, I mean, it was just us. Right. So you all had multiple roles per person. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. So how did you format, you know, when you wanted to start scaling up? How did you format processes to bring people in to do stuff that you used to be? I mean, like how I am with making videos i'm real sensitive about who touches the camera yeah and i still can't let people edit my stuff because nobody can do it like you can exactly yeah so do you have that same vibe i do absolutely um you know it's taken we've been in business for five years now and i can count on one hand the employees that i would be willing to walk out this door and leave it with and it's not necessarily that my employee that i have had bad employees so we've overall had a very good experience um 
but it's very hard. I mean, it's your baby. It's it, it's nerve wracking to give it to somebody else. So you know, we've we found we have our team. We're very lean. We're very small. There's like six of us, I think. Um, but you know, we do what we do. And we do it well. Uh, we vibe together. I think the main part is it's not just having a hard worker. Having you have to vibe with your team. And you have to realize that you are a team. And honestly, here, it's probably not like this everywhere, but we're more like family. Um, even the ones that aren't blood family, we're more like family. So, you know, we know what we have to do, and we do it well, and we get it done. <laughs> right. Well, that's, that's the way to do it. Yeah. So um, how did you, you know, come up with your hours? Did you kind of um, place them in a way like, well, I think people, you know, would, would get breakfast items here, or, you know, what are your hours, and how did you come up with well, that? Well, you know, we decided right off the bat from Charleston we were going to open at 7 a.m. because you definitely have that initial morning rush. You know that people's going to work. You know that people's dropping their kids off to school, and you have to be open early enough to let them get in so they're not going to be late going to where they're going. Right. Um, and then, you know, we started off with kind of normal bakery hours, closing around 6 p.m., but since we've recently moved to our new space, you know, it's 7,000 square foot worth of space. You know, we have draft beer now, we have couches, we have tables, so we knew we needed to appeal to that evening crowd because Capitol Street's a pretty popping street, so there's a lot of just foot traffic in the evenings, and it's really, I think it's really went well. Um, on the weekends, we're up until 10, and then if we have concerts or something, sometimes midnight or 1. So set hours, you know, we've decided to stay open between 8 and 10 for the evening crowd. So. so concerts, you know, how often do you have a music performance? Is there a schedule or do you just um, Yeah, like we have a lineup. Um, it's, it's kind of a new thing. Our first big uh, concert was the company stores. They did their Christmas show here back in December, and it sold out with about 350 people. So we had a, full, we had a packed house. Um, wow. We've had a couple ones since then, and now we've got a whole lineup for the spring. And So when it sold out, how did you market that? Did, did people spread the word themselves, or did you kind of put out a flyer? Or? Well, you know, we knew that the company stores would be a good first show because they ha have a really huge Charleston-based following. So the following is going to come to them. So we both agreed, us and the company stores, that it would be awesome to have them for our first show because we wouldn't have to, you know, worry about uh, but now, you know, we've got a talent, we've got a talent buyer and we've just invested in an awesome PA setup. I mean, we've got it, we've got, we're going to have about 20 grand invested in this PA system. So we're trying to establish ourselves as a pretty legitimate music venue. Um, so I think how we market it the best is the social media. Social media is a huge one. So we'll create our events on Facebook and then of course we'll print out some 11 by 17s and plaster them in the windows and put it on our website. But I'd say social media is probably our biggest. Yeah, y'all have a pretty huge following. Um, do you, uh, let's see, you have Facebook and I assume Instagram? Yeah, we have Facebook and Instagram. We have a Twitter, but I'm really bad at Twitter. <laughs> I think we all, I mean, I know I am. Yeah, I'm I just, not. I never, I keep creating Twitter accounts thinking, okay, we're really going to get this going and right. I never do. Right. So, so I, I assume you have so much to photograph every day to put on social media. You know, how do people respond to those pictures of your cupcakes and the uh, I mean, you know, we, I'm very thankful for our social media following. I don't really invest money in any other kind of marketing other than our social media. Um, so, you know, we make our daily posts, and I think that really keeps people engaged. Because they know, like it's it's a thing they're used to now. Like, oh, what specialties are Rock City is Rock City having today? And they know to look on there, so it keeps them really active. We do daily giveaways on every single post we make, um, so somebody's always winning something. 
and it's, you know so every every day it's just kind of a habit for people it pops up in their news feed and so they're very active so then in turn when we do our charity events or we have our concerts we already have that active following so it's not a problem to get the word out so it's essentially once you built your following it's essentially free marketing yeah to a certain extent um Great. What is there to eat here that people may not, you know, we know about the cupcakes and the cookies and the and the cakes and stuff like that. Is there anything that you cook that someone may not know about? Maybe, a, I don't know, do you cook, do you make sandwiches or? Uh, do we don't like? do really anything savory. Now we do do pepperoni rolls. Um, Ooh, see, we throw out, one. we throw out pepperoni rolls once a year. Oh, wow. On West Virginia Day, June 20th. And people ask me all the time, they're like, why do you only do them one day? <laughs> And I'm like, well, people appreciate them more. So, you know, every day, every year on West Virginia Day, we announce our pepperoni rolls. We take pre-orders. And just in pre-orders alone, we make anywhere from three to 4,000 pepperoni rolls. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... We, so we, how long does that take you? <laughs> ooh, ooh. Um, all hands on deck, it takes us a solid. By the time you get the dough, the dough rises. You need it out, I'd say, about 30 hours. Yeah. So, um, you mentioned uh, your oven earlier. What, what would you say was the biggest... Uh, startup cost when you when you began you know what if if i was to say if i had some pretty good skills at making cupcakes how much would it cost for me to actually go into business i think on a commercial level i mean of course you can never i don't care how good you are you can never sit down there and really count for all your expenses there's always going to be things that pop up but the biggest thing and still to this day is just equipment ovens refrigerators mixers like, I mean, you're looking, we have our ovens back there. We've got almost $40,000 sitting back there. Oh, wow, yeah. So anything with commercial in front of it, you can <laughs> almost guarantee they're going to tack on fifteen grand. Right. Um, so, so definitely the ovens. Um, when our old location, the reason we actually moved to this location was because our, we had, our roof actually fell in at the old location. Mm -hmm. And our landlord, we were so lucky that he let us out of that lease because it was going to be months before it got fixed. Oh, wow. So we found this location, but the, we actually had water damage to our oven. Right. And so I was like, oh, God. Oh, like, no. we're going to have to we're gonna have to replace these ovens. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it was about thirty five grand to so replace. How did you find that out? Like, did you just come in and all of a sudden the roof is collapsed? or? Well, it was really funny. We did our big charity. Uh, we raised money for... Um, there was a dude named Curtis in West Virginia, and the Anchorage Ministries was building him a house. So we'd been, you know, we had a fundraiser. We were able to raise, like, $5,000 for him to donate. And um, then as soon as I, like, paid out the money, we were coming into work that Monday. And not even five minutes later, we came in, and we had a big rain that weekend. And, like, it had just kind of snapped. I guess the water was building up on the roof, and it just snaps. And, uh, you know, it's an older building, so things happen. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, it all worked out for the best. So you raised money, and then that happened yeah, right after yeah. that. Yeah, I was wow. like, oh, wow, this is awesome. Because, But, I mean, honestly, it was kind of honestly like a blessing in disguise because this building just, we'd outgrew that space so fast anyway. We'd been looking for several months at finding a second location just to work out of because at that point we were turning away thousands of dollars because we didn't have the space to produce any. Like, we were maxed out on production. So now not only can we have the music venue and everything here, but we have so much more space. So Well, this is beautiful, beautiful space. Well, thank you. So uh, who hung all this stuff and painted the walls and did all this? Did we you, did. did. We you? did, yeah. Yeah, as much as I'd like to say we get to hire all this stuff done, we don't. We put in a lot, lot of blood, sweat, and tears. 
Right. Um, we were, we're pretty, like I said, we're pretty hands-on. So we did it all. We painted, we gutted walls, we gutted showers. Because it used, ironically, it used to be a gym. So we had to gut a lot of locker room space and turn it into kitchen space. Wow. How about that? Um, was there some downtime there in between moving from there to the new location? Or did you cook stuff elsewhere or how um, that work? Well, you know, it, again, it goes down to the community. They were so awesome because, I mean, it was so sporadic. You know, we have orders booked up a year down the street um, or a year down the road. So we had wedding cakes. We had birthday cakes. We had these huge catering and orders oh, and nowhere wow. to do them because yeah. the roof was actually right in our kitchen. And even though we found this building, it wasn't anywhere near ready to be mm. a kitchen. So, you know, we were... We had Pager from Cakes by Appointment. We had pretty much the whole community band together and was just giving us places to just hop back and forth and work out of and do our thing. That's so, amazing. And then as soon as we locked down this location, we were able to um, separate off an area to, and get it approved by the health department and work there while the rest of it was being worked on to open. Mm -hmm. So when the roof caved in, was there a moment where you were like, I think we're going to have to shut down the business. Or were you nervous or did you kind of know like, okay, let's just get up and, and do this? I mean, honestly, it was very, it was very nerve wracking, but it was also like immediately I was like, I didn't even really have time to react until after the fact. Um, and you know, I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but I almost like wasn't even worried about it because I knew I just had a feeling, if that if that makes sense. Like, I just had a feeling. I was like, I know that we're not going to come this far and have to shut down. So I didn't know how we were going to do it, but I knew it was going to happen. And it's almost like I didn't even have to worry because that day I'd had, I had like 20 text messages. I had like 20 emails, like the Alliance and this and that. And everybody was just like really throwing in a helping hand for us. So it was just kind of go, go, go. And at that point, my main stress was figure out how to get the orders done because we're not canceling people's wedding cakes and then we'll figure out the rest. Did you make every wedding? Yep. Every single one? Every single one. We had one mess up mm -hmm. in the entire thing and I'll probably never forget that mess up. But I mean, other than that, we managed to do everything. So there are, I mean, you know, there are frustrating times and people do mess up. We're all human. Oh, absolutely. So tell me about that situation. You don't have to go into specifics, but just tell me how it was and, and, and what happened kind of and, and how you overcame it. I mean, honestly, when something bad happens, like whether you, you know, you mess up an order, you make it the wrong color, you, you, you get the time wrong. So you're super late, whatever the case is, I can count on I remember those moments. Um, so really, when something like that happens, because, you know, we are human. We do mess up. I'd be lying if I said we didn't mess up from time to time. But I, I just, at that point, I just throw up my hands. And I'm like, listen, I'm like, you know, I'm to you on a personal level. Like, what can I do for you to make this right? And people, people get on to me all the time. They're like, well, you got to stop giving stuff away. You got to stop. But no, like to me, the customer is 110% always right. Like, even if they're crazy, they're right. Um, because they pay the bills at the end of the day. So, it, you know, when something like that happens and we mess up on something, I just immediately go into like, let me know how I can fix this. Like, if I messed up your wedding cake, can I pay for your honeymoon? Like, what can oh, I wow, do? Yeah. You, know, you know what I'm saying? Sure, like, yeah, yeah. I just feel like that's super important. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, customer service, I mean, you know, obviously it's super important to your business model then, you would, you would oh, say. Oh, absolutely. I tell, I tell all of my employees as soon as they happen, I said, I can handle you messing up somebody's cake 
I can handle you burning cookies. I can handle you getting the flavor wrong. But what I cannot handle is a bad complaint about your attitude to customers. You'll be gone immediately. I, I, I just stress that so hardcore into my in my employees. Like that is your customer. Your customers are the most important people. Like forget everything that's going on around you, and you treat your customers like they're your best friend because they are at the end of the day. You right. know, well, and while you're open, yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. And so, how do you? Uh, do you make that evident as soon as someone starts like, okay, here's what I'm not going to play with. I'm super awesome and jovial person, but when you do this, you can get fired. I mean, do you oh, absolutely. That I mean, I'm very, you know, I'm, they may not always agree with me, but I feel like I'm a pretty nice boss. Um, I feel like I'm pretty laid back, but they also know that there's certain things that they'll never get away with. You know, I lay it out from the beginning. I'm like, you know, when it's time to show up and we have, Valentine's Day right around the corner. We have Christmas right around the corner. Like you do not call in. Like you will fire if you call in on a. You will be fired if you call in on a blackout holiday. And like I said before, like I stress it to everyone. I'm like the moment I get a review that comes in that says you were rude to somebody. I don't even need to hear your explanation. Like like you're out of here. You know, explanation. But I mean. Those are pretty much the main two things. And they know, they know, they know when I'm in a bad mood or when I'm in a good mood. So the, for the most part, I have a really awesome employees. <laughs> right. So we'll being around each other so much. You kind of learn. You almost have to be. And, mm. Yeah. All right. So some of the business model basics we can kind of get into, um, you know, in the beginning, how did you know what to charge for a cupcake? Um, honestly, as far as Logan goes, it was tough because there wasn't really anything like that around. Um, you know, we of course, you had your old school bakeries and Walmart, and your, but there was nobody that really sold, like, specialty gourmet items. That And it was really hard for the small town mindset to accept the fact that, like, hey, we have over a dollar just in cost. You're going to have to pay to give us. So that was difficult. But then moving to Charleston, like, we kind of just, where there was other specialty bakers, we, we didn't want to undercut anybody. So we kind of just price compared to the people around us. And that made it a lot easier. And I mean, 99.9% .9 of the time, a lot of people around here understand the time and the money that goes into it. So we never really have any problems with that. Right. What would you say is your best selling item? Ooh, that's hard. That's hard because we have several of them. Yeah. I mean, we have such a variety that kind of appeases to all taste buds. So, I mean, obviously our cupcakes, they sell out every day. We redo our cases every single day. They sell out pretty much. Um, so, I mean, cake-wise, our cupcakes always get gutted every day. Um, some of the other best-selling things, everybody loves cake balls, um, Oreo balls, that kind of thing. I guess they're truffles, but we're not that fancy. We call them balls. Mm -hmm. um, and then our chocolate-covered fruit, like we have pineapple, grapes, strawberries, bananas that sells really well oh nice so is there a certain months in the year where you notice uh, have you maintained a consistent revenue flow to where you kind of know like okay we're going to pull in somewhere in this range through the, these months or? i mean yeah pretty much i mean we've got that pretty of course you have your peak seasons and you have your downtimes. luckily now we're to the point to where it's pretty self-sustaining and there's never any downtimes to where you're like, oh, God, we're not going to make any money. Like, we're, I feel like we're busy all the time, thankfully. Um, but, you know, you're definitely, you can kind of get a ballpark now about, you know, especially holidays like Christmas, Valentine's Day, Thanksgiving. You kind of know ballpark mm -hmm. what you're going to well, make. Waiting season, when it cranks up, does it kind of oh. go full force? Ooh, we do. Roughly, I think last year uh, we did almost 100 weddings. 
Um, it was like right at like 89 or 90 something. Um, and then so that, that peak between like May through July, like June, like we were to the wall with the wedding cakes. So yeah, it's definitely a peak. And it was still, we turn away more people than we can take because, you know, it's just not humanly possible to take everybody. And I hate that, but haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> so when you have multiple uh, mediums going on, like, do you have someone making wedding cakes? Someone doing cupcakes, someone doing cookies, or okay. How so that? how we do this? I mean, on a on a daily basis, um, the cupcake case is mine. My manager Ashley does the pastry case, and then we have a couple employees like my mom or somebody that will do the cold case. And Courtney always does the custom orders. And if she and if she has some downtime, she'll do extra stuff like the artsy fancy stuff. But she's the cake order girl, like. Um, and then, so that's pretty much our normal stuff. And then when it comes to the weekends, you know, we work through the night, we work through the day, we'll pull really long hours starting Friday. Um, so she'll do the cakes, me and whoever else we need to pull in, we'll go our separate ways delivering. And then we have consults in between. And then, you know, sometimes you're so busy, you're just throwing everybody wherever they can go. Um, you answer the phone, you take this, you go there. But for the most part, we got it down. Yeah. So has it calmed down, you know, a little bit from the beginning to now like do you take days off or how does the, are, are you here every day honestly um i feel like that i work more and more as time. Really? <laughs> i mean which is good i'm not complaining i'm still young i got it in me um but no i mean it's an amazing thing because i feel like instead of tapering off we're just constantly growing i don't feel like we've hit a plateau yet and i know it's coming i mean of course you're gonna plateau at some point but no i feel like we, get, we, we have a lot of things up our sleeves that will keep us pretty occupied for years to come. And, you know, we just constantly are trying to be innovative and think of new things we can do. Um, so it's like we're constantly growing, honestly. And I try to do different things that appeases to different crowds because I want to have, I don't want to just have one demographic. I want to have several different demographics. So, yeah, we keep ourselves pretty busy. Right. So I guess the next stage of evolution is, you mentioned, being more of a music venue. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll always be the bakery. I, I will never let anything trump the fact that we are a cake company and a bakery. It's not like I'm trying to replace it with something else. But as far as that goes, you know, we are, that's our next big project is, you know, establishing ourselves as a legitimate music venue. Mm -hmm. well, that, that, that's awesome. And that's cool that you can, you know, you're building off of something like, well, you could just, you could just sit here and make cupcakes forever and most likely be successful and, but no, you're wanting to do more than that. So, um, you know, after you establish the presence of a music venue, are, is there any way you're going to change your your marketing or are you are you kind of evolving as you go? I mean, we're just kind of rolling with it and evolving as we go. You know, we've had several offers. We've had offers to franchise. We've had offers to do this. And, you know, quite frankly, I've never it's never really been our thing. Um, I don't want a franchise. I'm sure I could be way richer if I wanted to and be in several different locations. But I just kind of stand by the fact that I can only be at one place at once. Right. So, you know, I don't want to diminish that. Um, I think our main goal is as long as we're just we like doing new stuff and we like throwing out new exciting stuff. And we have again, I have a lot of ideas, but I think my main thing is I just want to be a staple of the community. I just want to be a place to where whether you're old or young or middle-aged or whatever, it's that place that when your family comes into town, you're like, oh, i got to take you to Rock City. You know, I want to be that brand. I want to be that place. And I think we're pretty much well on the, our way to that. And as long as people can enjoy coming here, I'm pretty happy with it. Oh, fantastic. So was there any kind of like 
zoning laws that were different when you came from Logan to Charleston. Oh, God, yes. Oh, yes. Kind of describe those and what those processes are. I think it's just, uh, it just boils down to Logan's such a small town, you know, you know, Betty Joe down at the city clerk's <laughs> office. Right. So, I mean, they're way more laid back as far as like rules and just stuff like that. So, when we moved here, we weren't used to having to fill out the 50 pages of paperwork and the details and this and that. So, it was almost like starting over because it was just so like by the books. Um, but I mean, you work your way through it. You you flip through it one page at a time, and you figure it out. And you know, regardless of what anybody would ever say, the city's actually very helpful. I think. Um, you know, if we had a question about anything, the city's always calling us, or the health department, or this or that. And like, I, I feel like Charleston has a pretty good support for small businesses, and will do anything they can to help them grow or come. Yeah, and I'm in favor of zoning laws because you know. Some businesses, you come in, you just let them do whatever they want. It could mess up the overall value, Mm -hmm. you know, to no fault of their own. They just do things that they don't necessarily know about. Right. Um, So what kind of changes did you have to make or were there any from moving here? I wouldn't even necessarily say changes because it was just more of being aware of the rules and knowing what you could and couldn't do and you know there's a couple I think are kind of silly but for the most part like you said I think it keeps it I think it keeps it good um as far as one rule goes <laughs> that I'll never forget we were going to use our original sign from our old store because you know it was just a metal sign with Rock City on it and I'm pretty sure it was like it was like less than an inch like it was so small like too long for the square footage of our building so instead of just like letting that inch, inch and a half slide, we had to buy a whole new $800 sign. So I was a little bummed out about that one. I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but I've let it go and I've moved on. And now, you know, it just worked out for the best because I needed it for the wall anyway. Perfect. So I got one, two. I'm just collecting signs <laughs> now. Oh, yeah. This, is, this place is amazing. Um, so I know like from going, I was a coal miner for nine years mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I've had a career change and did all that, but kind of coming into work, like I've, I have more of a passion to go. We just recently got our first office space and I just have a, a need to just go there and to be creative. You know, it's not like I'm going in and punching in a clock anymore. So do you kind of feel that way? Like when you're sitting around at home, like, oh, I could, I could be doing this or. Absolutely. My mind's going a hundred miles a minute. I can't sit still at all. Right. Um, you know, I tell people all the time, the only complaint I have about my job is the fact that I have to sleep because I'm human. Um, I love what I do. And, you know, even though it gets stressful at times, I can honestly say 110%, like 99.9% of the time, like you can pay me to be anywhere else. Um, and I think that's, that's pretty good. So, yeah, if I could work like 24 hours a day, I would. I just love it that much. <laughs> right. So what are some of the the most stressful parts of your job, would you say? Um, well, of your passion? You know, honestly, sleep. I, I think there's only so many hours in the day, and we all say that. Owners, employees, there's so much. Everything you do, you, you know, it's not just something that you're just throwing out there. Everything you do requires, like, a lot of TLC and your hands on it. You know what I'm saying? So there's literally never enough time because even though – For example, okay, like something easy, a chocolate peanut butter cupcake. 
okay, we're going to bake the chocolate cupcake. We're going to fill it with peanut butter ice and we're going to top it. We're going to put the Reese cup on it. We're going to put the chocolate on it. You get what I'm saying? So, I mean, even that, it's like little stuff like that. Well, I can spend 10 seconds icing this cupcake or I can take my time and take a minute on it. You know what I'm saying? Like there's just not enough time and it's so stressful because even though you're putting out an awesome product that everybody loves, I'm just constantly thinking in my head of how much better it can be. So it's just a matter of I wish there was 10 of me. Um, <laughs> it gets it gets and it gets really stressful, you know, just it, it does suck sometimes because, you know, you're tired and you just want to go home and cuddle with your dog and watch Netflix sometimes. And you're like, well, I got to go to work. But I mean, for the most part, I think that's my biggest stress is just time and paperwork. I hate paperwork. Yeah. Do you think that's kind of the uh, I don't know. It's not oxymoron, really, but kind of the ironic thing about being a business owner is if you didn't have that passion, you probably wouldn't be, you know, the business wouldn't be where it is today. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, it is such, it is the only thing I know to compare it to is like your child. Uh, it's a love-hate relationship. There's sometimes you want to, you want to ring it upside the head, and but like, it's just something, even my employees say this, it's just such a fulfilling feeling. Like, you can be as stressed out to the max as it is, but, you know, when you have an event or you have a day and there's a line around the block and your lobby's packed shoulder to shoulder, it's just the most fulfilling feeling in your belly. You right. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's just, there's no way that I would ever, you couldn't build something like this if it wasn't your absolute passion. So do you still get that uh, that feeling even when you make, you know, a dozen of, a cupcake you've never made before you know, you know i mean yeah you get excited over stuff you know there's some stuff that you do every day and you're like uh who's doing those today like who's rolling these cake balls today but then you know you'll get you'll get orders or you'll do a new item and you're like man i killed this one i mean yeah it's fun right right so um i guess you know what's kind of the goal uh, i know you're gonna transition to being part music venue part you know still going to have the cupcakes and the bread and butter but is what's beyond that you know what's 10 years from now i mean hopefully a vacation i'm gonna i'm gonna aim for vacation probably by that point but again i think my main thing is i'll just want i mean like i said before i just want to be on the maps and it's not like in a cocky way or like oh i want everybody to know who i am it's just I want to be that feel-good place. I want to be that tradition for somebody. You know, I want, oh, we got to go to Rock City and get our pie for Christmas. We got to go, you know, I want to be people's traditions. I want people to take their kids here who, and then their their grandparents, like, I just want to be that feeling for somebody because everybody relates memories to places or sounds or music. You know what I'm saying? So I just want to be that happy memory for somebody. And, you know, I'm hoping that, our client base, you know, still loves us 10 years from now and we can still do that for oh, them. They will. They will. I 100%. hope so. So did you grow up in Logan County? Um, I actually, I was born in Mingo County and then I moved to North Carolina. I grew up in Greenville, North Carolina, but I moved back to Logan County my freshman year in high school. So, okay. So, uh, you know, obviously Southern West Virginia is going to be home for you or so there's no plans to leave again or no nothing? i mean you know hopefully one day i'm rich and can have a vacation home somewhere but i think moving i was never a small town girl and it's not that i'm disney i love logan i have a lot of amazing memories of some of the best people i've ever met but i always just felt like i need something a little bit bigger than this 
And I feel like I just really just found my roots in Charleston. We moved here and we just, it felt home so quickly. Like you still, it's big enough to where you can have your food selections, you have your things to do, but it's still small enough to where you get that really good, like small town vibe and feel. And there's such a sense of community. So honestly, I don't, I don't foresee myself leaving anywhere permanently. Right. So what's it like being an Appalachian entrepreneur, like building something out of nothing? Well, I mean, it feels, it feels good. It feels, I think it feels, it's really kind of like a ha ha because a lot of people, you know, have such a, such a bad reputation sometimes. And people's like, you can't build something in Southern West Virginia. It's a dying economy. It's a dying state. And that's so wrong. Like if you would just get out and come downtown or wherever, like there's such an art community. There is a music scene. Like there is like all these little shops and all these little restaurants and we have so much to offer. And on top of what's already a totally beautiful canvas. And it's just, you know, I feel like that we have a lot more to offer than people get us give us credit for. So just being able to play a little tiny part in that in growing it and being like, ha like look at this big business and look at that one and that one. It just feels really good. Ha ha, I love it. I mean, you know, you know yeah, what I'm oh, saying. I, know, I, know I mean, exactly we just have such we get we get downed so much. And I'm like, dude, turn off the news and just walk downtown. Like because it's just, it's it's awesome, and it's growing, and I'm feeling really good about the next 10 years. Exactly. So what would you say to some kid in elementary school that hears the negativity or middle school, that, and, and they have this idea, but they don't think it's going to work, or they're not sure because of what they're told? Well, you know, I would tell them. I'd be like, you know, if you're not willing to dedicate your life to this, you don't need to do it because it's a lot of work. Don't think it's going to be easy, but... At the same time, you know, don't ever let somebody tell you that you can't. Don't ever let somebody tell you that you won't be successful because your future is going to be what you make it. And if, you know, if you have an idea, you need to follow it. You need to go for it. I mean, I use, um, I don't know if you've ever drank about hot cup coffee in Logan. Mm, yes. You know, I love th- it. it's amazing. And, you know, Michael, when he came in, everybody was like, you know, this isn't going to last. This is nothing. And then look at him now. He's like the coolest place in Logan. And I still think he's not appreciated as much as he should be. But, I mean, it's like you just got to do it. You got you to do it and you got to give it your all. Are you ready to go into a sugar-induced rock and roll-filled coma? <laughs> this is one episode I wish my pancreas worked for. Oh, yeah. Did I mention I'm a diabetic? I digress. Morgan, you and Courtney, as well as the whole Rock City Cake Company staff, inspire me to push for more in my business. Listeners, you can find Rock City Cake Company in Charleston, West Virginia at 205 Capitol Street, and also check out their website at rockcitycakeco.com and find them on Facebook and Instagram today. Appalachian Startup is a bi-weekly podcast, so be sure to check back for more stories of entrepreneurship, Like us on Facebook and Instagram and support the show by grabbing a sticker from our online store at AppalachianStartup.com. Review our podcast on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud as well. And we are on Patreon, so you can support the show there and allow us to showcase more businesses in Appalachia. Stay tuned for more stories of underdogs on the rise.